You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Brick here, and I'm so grateful that you've taken a moment to tune into our Friday Missions podcast. Our Friday Missions podcast is exciting for me because it's a chance for us to hear more about how God calls us to be on mission, whether that's locally in North America or internationally. And it's also a chance for us to hear updates and testimony of how God is working through our partner ministries. Um, Carterville is partners with many amazing ministries, ministries that serve in really unique capacities. Ministries that serve in places that us as a church by ourselves couldn't reach. So that's why I'm really grateful to celebrate those stories. And I'm grateful that we support and encourage those types of ministries. The ministry that we're highlighting this Friday is one that Carterville has been partnered with for several years. And that's um, Homes of Hope. So with me, I have um, Michael Garrett, who serves uh, as the director of Homes of Hope. And so, Michael, thanks for being here. Thanks for taking a moment to sit and share testimony about what's happening, to share with us today about really some some difficult things about the mm-hmm. areas where you serve. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So thanks for being on the podcast. I'm super excited to be with you, Brick. And uh, as I always try to do when I come here, I want to make sure your members understand how much I appreciate their love and, and really mm. uh, compassion for the kids that we serve. I'm very thankful for that. Mm. Well, we are excited to do that. We love doing that. Um, and I'm excited to talk about how the Lord's working through Homes of Hope. So, Michael, um, actually, we'll take a moment to pause. Um, if if you are new to the podcast, um, take a moment to, to look back through the podcast. If you'd like to hear more testimony about Homes of Hope, Go back and look at our podcast about the second week of September. Uh, Yeah, September. Second week of September was our last update from Michael for Homes of Hope. And um, if you got a chance to listen to that, please go back to it. It's a great podcast. But now we're going to get more of a fresh update on on what the Lord's doing and how he's working through Homes of Hope. So, Michael, would you just give us a quick little update um, about Homes of Hope? How's it it going? Um, You know, we stepped into 2021. Things are running smoothly? Yeah, um, all things considered, uh, we're like everybody else. Uh, mm. 2020 was a major challenge, lots mm-hmm. of obstacles. Uh, but I feel like we have weathered that storm as about as well as we possibly could. Mm. Our kids are all healthy. We, we only had a few instances where uh, kids ended up getting COVID, mm. uh, but it didn't spread throughout the whole campus. Uh, we're luckier than most in that we have a large campus. We don't really have to social distance from one another just because of the nature of our campus and our ministry. Mm -hmm. So our kids always had lots of other kids to play with Mm. kind of throughout the process. But, uh, but yeah, I feel like our ministry is right where God wants us to be. We we're serving more kids than we have ever served before. Mm. And really finding very unique ways to get kids that, that we thought were impossible for us to get to. Mm. Well, Man, that, that's awesome. That, that's a great testimony. And I, I'm so, so happy always to hear how the Lord is is guiding and directing a ministry like Homes of Hope and protecting a ministry like Homes of Hope. So thank you for the update. Um, Michael, prior to our, prior to our recording, we were, we were kind of sharing a conversation about uh, some of the, 
I guess I'm going to call it brokenness in the system, right? right? We right. recognize that um, that we live in a world that is broken, that we live in a state that is broken, and um, Christ calls us to be a light in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And so this podcast may be a little bit more weighty for those of you that are listening, but Michael has a heart to see Christ and and what he calls us to really exemplified in the lives of children in Mississippi. And with that comes a, um, I guess, a light that is cast on some of the difficult things that come through the childcare system. So right. I'm going to turn it over to you and ask if you'll just kind of open our eyes to that. Well, see, I'm a big believer that if you don't understand the problem, then how can you uh, hope to ever solve it? Mm. So I think part of my motivation in sharing some of these things is just to educate those who are maybe not as familiar with out-of-home care, especially in our state, mm-hmm. but still have a great deal of passion to, and, and compassion to, to see these kids get a better life. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm just a big believer in educating. And, you know, one of the biggest issues in, in my field uh, is the number of placements that kids have in state care. Mm. Uh, even those that work within state care, no one understand. They've got major issues there. Uh, and I don't think you really have to look any further than the, the current goal that CPS has for children in foster care uh, within our state. And and to, to, I guess, give you a little background on this goal, this is not a goal that they set for themselves even. This was a goal that was created out of a settlement with a lawsuit because they mm. knew they were going to lose. So part of that settlement agreement was that CPS would get down to three homes every 14 months for children in foster care. And I really want to challenge, I guess, your listeners to think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. Three homes every 14 months. That's oftentimes three different schools. That's uh, different doctors, different churches, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe, maybe closer, maybe further away from their siblings or ending up splitting up a sibling group if they weren't split up right off the bat. I just want to challenge people to really think how miserable that would be for children to be seeing that many homes on such a uh, a normal basis. Every single time they're moved from one place to the other, that child is hearing that or feeling that somebody doesn't want them. Mm. Uh, and they already have that feeling coming from the situation that they're, they're yeah. their home life. Yeah. Uh, mom doesn't want them. Dad doesn't want them. And now they're being bounced around from one place to the next that's uprooting their life, that's just causing so much strife. It, it, is, it, is, it is a form of abuse as far as I'm concerned. For that to be set as a goal, to, to have failure as a goal, within the state of Mississippi for children in foster care, I think is, is just reprehensible. Mm. So Michael, just so I, you know, I make sure that I'm on the same page as you and just seeing, seeing really and grieving this issue. It, so what's happening is, you know, first and foremost, we know that really for any person, but especially for a child that is developing, um, having that sense of stability and stability in all senses of a place to sleep, uh, a friend, a social group, um, caregivers, all of that is so crucial to a child's development. Right. And what's happening from, from what I hear you saying is that right now the goal in, in the public sphere of, of child care is that um, a child stays or does not move more than three times every 14 months. 
That's the goal, stated goal. That's the goal, yeah. Uh, which means it's not even a goal they're achieving. Yeah. That that's what they would like to achieve. Yeah. And there's lots of reasons for that. The 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 biggest reason is they do not have enough beds for all the children that need to be taken out of their homes. Mm. Uh, they don't have enough beds for all the children that they have taken out. Mm. So ideally, in the state of Mississippi, they would say that foster care, a foster home, is the best placement if they have to take a child out. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't have enough foster homes. So a lot of times these children have to go into group homes. Mm. A lot of times these group homes are places that are cater to the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. And kids who don't belong in that environment get thrust into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, because of other settlement agreements that the state has had to make, uh, they can only stay in what's considered a group home uh, no longer than six months. Mm-hmm. So after a six-month period, maybe they can go to a shelter for a few months, but they can only stay in a shelter for three months. After that, after they've exhausted six months of that 14 months mm-hmm. in a group home and three months of that 14 months in a shelter, they must be placed in a foster home. Mm-hmm. Must be. Uh, so if they don't have space in the foster uh, in a foster home, what are they going to do? Well... It's math. They have to take a child out of a foster home. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is a child that's on a new 14-month rotation. Now this child who's doing perfectly fine maybe, uh, but now that child goes into a group home because they're on their new 14-month cycle. Mm -hmm. This other child who's uh, already exhausted the group home's time period and the shelter time period. Now that child goes into that foster home. That is why you have this totally revolving door. Mm-hmm. Or they take that child that was in a foster home and they put them back in the home that they came out of, even if oftentimes that home is not safe. Not that happy. home hasn't changed a bit since they were removed. CPS is simply making room for the next child. That's mm-hmm. all they're doing. And uh, I, I, you're, you're going to have nothing but negative outcomes as long as that's the case. Hmm. Wow. So, so there's there's an overload in the system, and it's really at, at this point where where I love to, to I guess reiterate the story of of where God has has led you and and other individuals to start Homes of Hope, right? So, Homes of Hope is is kind of a different paradigm, completely different paradigm shift on on, a, on several different levels. But let's let's tackle placements yeah. for for instance, uh, a child or a sibling group that comes to live at Homes of Hope for children in elementary, mm-hmm. and let's say they stay through elementary, through junior high, through high school, because we get cust- full custody of all of our kids. Mm-hmm. So, usually, when a child comes to us, almost a hundred percent of the time, they are with us until they graduate high school. Uh, during that 10, 12, 13, 13-year 13 uh, process, that child is going to sleep in the same bed. Mm-hmm. That child is going to go to the same church. They're going to go to the same school. They're going to see the same doctor. They're going to grow up with their brothers and sisters together on our campus. And even when they graduate from high school, as long as they're working towards something, they will have an apartment to move into on our campus targeting the first two to four years after high school. Mm. That is a level of consistency that is simply unheard of in out-of-home care. Mm. If if you can find anywhere in the country that's doing it better, then let me know because I'll go visit and we'll start doing what they're doing. Mm. But right now, we're the model. We solve, I believe, two of the biggest problems that these kids have, and that is feeling they're loved and having security. Mm. You cannot feel that you're loved and you cannot have security when you're being bounced around from one home to the next and in the course of a five, six, eight, ten year period, seeing 20, 30, 40 different homes. Mm-hmm. You can get that when you stay at one place and you have that level of consistency and love and care that our ministry provides. Mm. Well, 
I love that. And I'll say, thank, thank you for your leadership and your submission to the Holy Spirit as you've seen a problem and have asked the Lord, how do we solve this? Right. Um, and so with us wrapping up, what would be your encouragement to a listener that says, man, I'm burdened by this. This this grieves me. How, how can I be a part of supporting this work? How can I be a part of um, making sure that, that this Christ-like paradigm happens in Mississippi. So I have really great news for you. The solution to to this problem will come out of the faith-based community. Mm. That's the only place it could ever come out of. Mm. What we need is a new generation of leaders and people who are called to serve in this ministry and starting new children's homes across the state. I am more than happy to serve as a mentor and help guide them through that process so they Mm. can learn how to do the things the way we do it uh, and they can improve upon it if they can. Uh, but I would ask people just pray for this, this generation coming up that Mm -hmm. God is raising some individuals and some couples who have a God given passion and desire to want to serve these kids and, and the, uh, the commitment to want to start something from the ground up. What is existing out there is not going to solve the problem. Homes of Hope is, but we're just one children's home. It's going to take many Christian children's homes across the state for us to really attack this problem and be the solution. Mm. Well, I think that's that's phenomenal advice, and I hope, I really hope that that some of you that are listening have a moment to pause. Number one, to ask the Holy Spirit if, if that's what He's leading you to, or if there's someone in your life that He's leading you to prompt towards right. this ministry. Encourage because, them, yeah, absolutely, because that's what we're called to. Also, as as you listen, I hope that you're stirred up, just as I am to be in prayer, to intercede on behalf of Homes of Hope, and to, to intercede on behalf of, of the children that are in the system, right. right? that are looking for security, that are looking ultimately for Jesus. Right. I hope that you'll be praying for them. So, Michael, thank you. Thank you for sharing with us this burden that's on your heart. I hope we've got the chance to listen uh, f- from how the Lord's working in your own life and through Homes of Hope in the upcoming months. Thanks for being on the podcast. Appreciate you having me.